fly. But do you, do you still believe that God is speaking today? And are you hearing from him? Psalms 119.9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Verse 28 says, My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Verse 50 says, This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promises give me life. Psalm 100, verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, just thanks for your faithfulness to us. Thanks for us bringing us through another week. Thanks for your grace. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, we pray you would come and you would change the atmosphere, that your glory would be what is the desire of our hearts. I pray Holy Spirit should come and help us and be our teacher today. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Marilyn Hartman has been back in the news recently. She's a 60-year-old serial stowaway. I think she's been arrested in, at O'Hare twice in the last two weeks. I think eventually there's going to be a movie made about her life, and it is like uh, the, the news media seems to love her. She's been arrested over 12 times uh, trying to get on airplanes, and most recently she made it all the way to London before they realized that she could not get back. It, it, it is a comical story, but it's a tragic story. She clearly has some mental health issues, but the amazing thing about Marilyn Hartman's story, every time I hear it, is that there's something in her, something in her that compels her, that she's longing for, she's looking for something, she's called to go someplace, but every time she tries to, to go, she has no ticket, and so she continually gets locked up, and I'm going to propose this morning that many times, I think even followers of Christ, the people of God have lost their way. And they do not hear the voice of God, and so they wander around longing and often languishing and locked up spiritually, just like Marilyn Hartman. Psalms 119 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my Path, which means there is a way to go and ways not to go. And what perfect strategy would the evil one, Satan, have to devour and destroy and to drown people out by drowning out and downplaying the voice of God? There's two dangerous paths. If the word of God is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path, there's a way to go, but there are two dangerous paths paths that we, ditches that we don't want to get on, there is a way to practice the presence of God without God. And then there's a way to try to experience God and experience his presence without having God at all. And then there's a plastic experience of the presence of God sometimes that people will go to. And both of those are extremely dangerous. 
The idea that you can practice the presence of God without God is absolutely empty. And the, the, the idea that you can create some kind of plastic experience of the presence of God is also extremely empty. And these dangers, they pull us away from hearing the voice of God. In our pluralistic society, where there's all these different ideas about God, all these different views of who God is and how, if God and does he even speak and who is God, there's all this pressure on young people particularly to even wonder, does God still speak? Is God still communicating to us? Because the world will tell you, you you can live a life without a vision of an ultimate reality. You can just choose whichever way you want to go, and there's all kinds of different ways to go. And in a pluralistic culture that hears all these different things, what that culture needs to know is that there is a way to go. There is God who still speaks to people. And even for Christians, often in times of pain, they wonder, is God still speaking? Can I still hear the voice of God? Do I, am, I, am, I, am I hearing God? In Psalms 34, it's constantly these psalms of anguish and lament and wondering, going through real-life situations. And it says in Psalm 34, it says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. We need to hear, and we want to hear from the voice of God, and that should leave us hungering if we're not hearing from God. What we need to do is hunger to hear the voice of God. Psalms 42, verses 1 and 2, it says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so, my, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? In John ten three, Jesus said, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Those are two verses that we like if you're in the church. If you're Christians, you've heard those verses, you like those verses, but they can almost become cliche verses to us. We hear them. Is that the experience that we actually have, that Jesus speaks, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out? Are we hearing? Do you hear the voice of God? Is that your experience, or is that just a fun verse that we like to to hear? It's not the way, they aren't just experiential things, they are supposed to be experienced. We're supposed to have this hunger to hear the voice of God, to hear God speak to us. All through the Bible, God is speaking to people and they hear it. So why should we expect now that he's not doing that for us? But we will just sometimes take these verses and kind of pack them over there and not really think sometimes what they say. Jesus said his sheep hear his voice and he calls them. We have to, a need to hunger. Do you hunger? Do you desire to hear the voice of God, because hearing can make you hungry. You ever been with someone at a meal, and they're they're talking about their favorite restaurant, or talking about some place that they they like to eat, and they're telling you about it, and it sounds really good? You say, that that, that makes me hungry. We just just had that happen last week. We were at lunch with Joe and Adrian Palladino, and they were, uh, we were eating lunch, 
after church, enjoying a great meal, eating, and they start talking about this restaurant that we've never been to, and this huge, massive buffet, and while they're telling me about it, I think, I'm hungry. I want to go eat at that restaurant. Hearing makes you hungry, and we need to hunger to hear the voice of God. I want to share one story, if you were told by Jack Deere, that hopefully will grow into you this desire to hear the voice of God. The, the only person Monica loved more than her son was her God, the Lord Jesus Christ. When her son was a baby, she used to sing hymns to him while she was feeding him. She dedicated him to the Lord and prayed he would be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Monica's faith and love were well known throughout the Christian community in her city. And when her son grew up, his brilliance was equally well known. But so was his immorality and hostility toward God. The young man had become a rhetoric professor. He had given himself over to full-time occupation of drunkenness, sexual immorality, and turning people away from the one true God with his philosophical speculations. Even the most highly trained Christian intellectuals could make no headway with Monica's son. Monica had come close to utter despair several times, but she refused to give up. She continued to labor in prayer for the salvation of her son. When her son was 19 years old, Monica had a dream. In this dream, she and her son were walking hand in hand together in heaven. She knew God was telling her through the dream that he would save her immoral son. And the dream encouraged her to intensify her prayers. A year went by, then another year, and another. Instead of her son growing closer to God, he seemed to be growing farther away. He had gotten more intelligent, more arrogant, and more committed to evil than ever before. A famous, respected, and wise church leader visited Monica's city to conduct some religious services there, but because Monica was so highly thought of among the Christians in her city, it was not difficult for her to obtain a private meeting with the church leader. She told him of her prayers for her son and that his condition had actually worsened. She implored him to speak with her son, but he refused. He knew any attempt on his part to persuade Monica's son to repent would only serve to harden his heart. How will my son ever be saved? Monica sobbed. The wise old man looked down on Monica's tear-stained face with affection. Woman, he said, it's impossible for the son of those tears to perish. The interview was over. Monica was encouraged by those words in the same way she had been encouraged by her dream years earlier with renewed zeal. She continued to do the only thing she could do. She prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed. Nine years after Monica's dream, her son was sitting in a garden, still an unbeliever, when he heard an audible voice speak the words, take it and read, take it and read, over and over in the sing-song voice of a child's nursery song. At first, he thought the voice must be from some children playing nearby, but there was no children. He had never heard this child's song before. He sensed the voice was a divine command from heaven to open the scriptures and read. Monica's son took up the Bible, and his eyes fell on Romans 13 13 and 14, which says, Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Monica's son's heart was miraculously transformed. He would no longer be known 
as Monica's immoral son. Instead, he would go down in history as St. Augustine, one of the greatest theologians and champions of the faith in the entire history of the church. Augustine heard the voice of God move him and compelled him to read the word of God. And through hearing the word of God, because his mom prayed for him, the Holy Spirit woke him up and radically changed his immoral life. And he turned his life completely over to Jesus Christ. You, you hunger. You hunger to hear the voice of God. By putting yourself in a position to hunger and hear the voice of God. Do you hunger to hear the voice of God? Do you you want to hear God speak? The way we we grow in our desire to hear God speak is by putting ourselves in positions to hunger to hear God speak. Monica prayed for Augustine and he, he was not placing himself in a position to hear God speak. He heard a voice, and then he put himself in the position to hear God speak. He opened up the Bible and heard God speak to him. Here, the, the thing with hearing God speak is often God's a gentleman. And, and someone said God comes in such a way that we can always turn him down. God often doesn't come and force us. We can always just turn a good thing away. Just recently, I've discovered the great taste of an avocado. I've hated avocados my entire life. I don't drink, eat guacamole for years. But in the last three weeks, I heard that it's good for your, your heart and your health. Started eating one, one a day. I love them now. <laughs> but the thing with an avocado, it's an easy thing to put away. Something that's unbelievably healthy for you can be easily turned down. And the desire to hear God's voice is the same way. God comes to us in such a way that can easily turn down God's voice down. But if there's a hunger, if there's a hunger to hear the voice of God, the question that would lead us to is how do we do it? How will we get fed to hear God's verse? How will I hear and know It's the voice of God. How do I get the help I need to hear the voice of God? Is there any hunger in you to say, I want to hear God? Psalm 34 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. What's the help that we need to hear God's voice? The Bible says we we have this helper when Jesus came, he left, and he, he said, well, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to leave you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And our verse for the month, John 14, 26, says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in your name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. How is he going to do these things? How is he going to help us? He's going to help us by teaching us and bringing into remembrance. And how is something brought into your remembrance? By something's being said to you. You're being communicated to. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. He is God. We serve a triune God. One God, three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus came. He left them and sent a helper. And the helper is the Holy Spirit. And the helper, the Holy Spirit, is going to teach you. And he's going to bring things into remembrance. So he's going to communicate with you. 
And how does the Holy Spirit communicate to us? The main, one of the most normal and primary ways the Holy Spirit communicates to us is through the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, as the man of God may be complete, or the woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. The Holy Spirit takes the word of God, which is spoken by God, breathed out, and he says it's profitable for teaching, for for proof, for correction, and for training and righteousness. It's, It's the primary means that God uses to teach us. And as we follow and listen to God, he keeps teaching us. He keeps speaking to us. And we need to hunger and to hear it. And the more time we spend hearing God's word, the more in tune we will be with him. But there is a way for us to miss it. In John chapter 5, having to flip over in John chapter 5, Jesus is talking to the church-going people of his day, and they have a really difficult time with who Jesus is. And they, they don't like Jesus. They're not listening to Jesus. They're not being moved by Jesus. But they're showing up at church every Sunday. They're diligent about their religious services every Sunday. And Jesus speaks to them in John chapter 5, and verses 37 through 40 says, this and Jesus said, And the Father who has sent me has, has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. This was written to the Pharisees, the religious people of the day, the church-going ones who diligently read their Bibles. And they never heard the voice of God. They had memorized most of the, new, the Old Testament and they've never heard the voice of God. You know what that means for us? Who are regular, consistent, church-going people, that there is a way to read the Bible and never hear the voice of God speak to you. You can love the Bible. You can collect Bibles. You can have every different translation of the Bible. You can be a Bible poster on social media and put Bible verses out there all over the place. You can enjoy hearing the Bible, and you can even read the Bible and never hear the voice of God. That's a danger for us. That should be a real warning to us. This is what the Pharisees were doing. They, they, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. And it's the scriptures that bear witness of me. But he says, his voice you've never heard. We need to hunger to hear the voice of God. And when we 
The help we need to hear the voice of God is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And one of the primary ways God speaks to us is through His Word, but we've got to read the Bible in, in a way that we're really listening and hearing what God has to say to us. What's necessary to hear God speak? The thing the Pharisees were missing was they weren't converted. They thought that they could come to God in their own strength, that they could read the scriptures, figure it out on their own, know what God has to say, and through that they could come to know God. That's not the way they come to know God. The way the Bible is all about Jesus. Jesus himself said it's all about him. When he was walking in the road to, to Emmaus, he's with these two disciples who are all sad and distraught, and they, and they are just devastated by what they just heard about Jesus. Jesus shows up to them, starts walking around with them, and he says, from Moses to the prophets, he said how all of them pointed to him. Jesus said, the whole Bible, from Genesis all the way to the end, is about me. It's pointing to me. And if you haven't seen Jesus in the Bible, or you haven't seen the Jesus of the Bible, and you haven't said, I need that Jesus, and me being converted, you're not going to hear God speak. It's seeing who Jesus is, and then not just seeing who Jesus is. If you want to hear the voice of God, the help we need is the Holy Spirit, who speaks to us through his word, to people who are available to want to hear it. And this was the great danger of the Pharisees. They, they would study the Bible. They set time away for the Bible. They, they read it diligently, it says. I mean, this is amazing. It's absolutely amazing that people could diligently study, memorize, and know all about the Bible and never hear God's voice. But that's what happens. And that's what happened to them. We need to be available not just read words. If you're just reading the Bible in the morning, you, you, you maybe may have said, I, I need to read the Bible every day. So you get up and have this quiet time and a devotional time and you read the Bible and you just get up, you read some words and you walk away and think, oh, I'm good for the day. God's going to bless me now. He's helped me out. I've been doing this for years. I even got great notes. I got tons of journals. And nothing's changing where you're not hearing the voice of God. You're not being available to the Word of God. You could have your devotions every single day for the rest of your life and still miss the voice of God. The Pharisees did it. We need to see and hear that our lives are to be open and available to God at all times when He speaks to us. Not just set some Bible reading time away, but all of our life is available for the Holy Spirit to prompt us through His Word to move us there has to be a willingness in us that this is what we want to have happen. We, we want to hear from God. Jesus says that he, he, Jesus did nothing of his, on his own. Jesus was a 100% human, 100% God, 100% human, but his entire Christian life, his entire life on earth was being led by the Holy Spirit. His time was not his own. That's why Jesus would get up and pray, and then when he was exhausted, the Holy Spirit would lead him over here, and he'd lead him over there. Jesus let the Holy Spirit lead him, but he had emptied himself. You say, well, Jesus was God. 
He was, but the Bible says he emptied himself and was filled with the Holy Spirit and was led by the Holy Spirit to accomplish everything that he accomplished. So the whole, we have that same Holy Spirit that we are called to be available to and willing. And then we have to humble ourselves before God. One of the scariest verses of the Bible is Psalm 138, verse 6. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty, or the proud, he knows from afar. God is high and exalted, and he regards those who are, are, are humble. But the proud person, he's, he's away from. Which means even as a Christian, you can love the Bible Read the Bible. Show up at church every Sunday for your entire life and still be proud and God not be close to you and you not hear the voice of God. It's a real warning that we're being given. To hear the voice of God, the help we need is the Holy Spirit. We need the Word of God. We need to be available. We need to be willing and we need to be humble. And not hide from the voice of God. The Bible starts out where he created Adam and Eve. He created the Garden of Eden. Everything was perfect. Adam and Eve, they heard the voice of God. It says they they walked with God. And he would talk to them. And he would communicate to them. And God's always communicated to them. Then they rebelled against God. Satan came to them and said, Did God really say? Did you really hear the voice of God? And they went their own way. And when God came back to talk to him, it says that they, they hid. They hid from God. Because they didn't obey God. Maybe this morning. Some of you, you, you may love Jesus, but it's been a long time since you've heard, really heard, the voice of God. Because you're hiding from the voice of God. Maybe years ago, or months ago, you heard God say, I want you to go this path. I want you to do this. Obey me here. And instead of being obedient, you hid from that. But really nothing's changed in your life. You still show up for work, You still pray with your family. You still come to church. You still may even serve. You still even read your Bible. But you're not hearing from God. You haven't heard from God. And you want to just keep convincing yourself, well, I'm doing all the right things. If I just keep doing all the right things, God will speak to me again. What God may be calling you to do is to repent. And say, God, I'm just not not being obedient I'm hiding from your word. And it's the mercy of God this morning, if that's you and you hear that and say, that's me. Adam and Eve didn't want to hear the word of God. They, they, they went away from the word of God. They didn't obey the word of God and they didn't hear the voice of God. We weren't created and rescued from our sins 
so we can just get up and read some words out of a book and then not have any transformational difference in our lives. We were created and rescued from our sins so that we could hear God speak to us through his word and being led by the Holy Spirit so we can serve him for his glory. And if you've become stagnant, but nothing's changed, you might have even forgot what it was like to hear the voice of God speak to you through his word. And the call is to turn and repent But how do we do that? What's our hope for hearing the word of God? Our hope is in the good news of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter four says, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So let us then with confidence then draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need because Jesus loves you because he came and became the word and went to the cross and lived his life being led by the holy spirit and died on the cross and was rose again we actually have great hope that when god speaks to us it can cut us it can expose things for us it can discern things for us and it'll be good For we don't have a high priest who's unable. Jesus is not unable to sympathize with our weakness. To sympathize with somebody, you have to communicate with them. When somebody sympathizes with me, I hear them. They're with me. They speak to me. Which means the way Jesus sympathizes with is he communicates to us. And because of what he did on the cross for us, we can have hope when we need to repent. That because Jesus went to the cross for us, rescued us, he understands where we're at, and we can turn to him, and he will hear us. Last Sunday, Oliver Crane, who's 19 years old, became the youngest person ever to row solo across the Atlantic. And he said, when he got there, I had no idea what I was getting into. And he had a phone, and his plan was, as he would row and row and row, that he'd try to contact his parents once a week and talk to them. But he says, as I got out there rowing, it was so brutal at first, I cried every day. And finally, he asked his parents when he called them, hey, could I call you every day? And his dad said, It took one-tenth of a second for us to say yes. Because a father who's good and loves his son wants to communicate with him. He wants to hear his voice, and he wants his son to hear his voice because he loves them. And if a human father can do that for his son, 
How much more will the Heavenly Father, who gave up his Son for us, wants to hear our voice and wants us to hear God's voice? God is still speaking. He wants you to hear his voice. The Holy Spirit wants to help you hear his voice. He wants us to have a hunger to do it. And he doesn't want us to hide. And we can because we have this great hope in Jesus. Are you hearing the voice of God? Are you responding to the voice of God? And when's the last time you could say, yes, I heard, I really heard God speak, and I'm following in obedience to it.